Hey everyone, welcome back to I Heart Movies. My name is Jonathan North, and today I have another episode of Quarantine Reviews for you, this one being completely animation related. Today I'm joined by Larry Chilson, or LC Screen Talk from YouTube, a fellow animation fan, and we have each chosen five different animation related movies, TV shows, or shorts to share with you, our recommendations for some new content to watch during quarantine. As before, just about everything we're talking about has been released during quarantine, so it's mostly stuff from the last six months or so. Or the last six months before, like, mid-October, because I think that's when we recorded this. My schedule doesn't allow for many immediate releases, so we're a bit behind when we recorded. Either way, we've got a lot to talk about, and since Larry's a new guest to the podcast, of course we had to kick things off with a Q&A. Before we get into the main show, let's do a quick Q&A, and I guess the first thing will be, what can you tell us about yourself, like work, pets, hobbies, that kind of thing? <laughs> yeah, so I do have one little chihuahua, and her name is Dory, so, you know, yay animation! Uh <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she's going to be four this year, which seems kind of wild to me. Um, but yes, um, as for work, I, nothing exciting. I just work in the office at a catering company, uh, doing office work. Always fun. But my main hobby is obviously all about film, watching film, talking about film, recording videos about film, and more talking about film. So... <laughs> yeah so how did you get into youtube um it started after i got out of college i realized i go to the movies pretty much for every big release and then i started figuring out how to get those tickets for the general admission for advanced screenings and i thought you know if i'm going to be watching all of these movies anyway then why not I don't know just talk about it on YouTube start up a channel and that basically is what I did and how I got started there and then it's just been going ever since <laughs> so did you watch any YouTubers that sort of inspired you to make a channel um none that really inspired me I wasn't really big into like the YouTube film scene before I started I definitely got into it after I, I decided to just strike up a channel. Um, but I was definitely, especially early on, I was into like the Schmodown when that started with like the Schmo's No show. Um, early on, I will say, just early on, I was a fan of Grace Randall. Uh, my position there has changed quite a bit, but you know, we're not here to talk about drama. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, those were like my early favorites. Chris Stuckman, I, I've enjoyed as well. But yeah. Okay. So what kind of movies do you like? Do you have like any favorite movies? Yeah, so probably my most consistently favorite genres are, well, it's not a genre, it's a medium, but animation is a safe bet. I see virtually every animated film that at least gets a wide release. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm not quite as good at finding and seeking out some of the smaller films, but all of the major ones and a good portion of that like next tier down off of the major releases, I usually 
get to watch at some point or another. Um, I love horror. I don't, it's definitely not as consistent in quality, but I just am always a horror junkie. So this time of year is a good time of year for me. Uh, And I always kind of fall back on it as my take it easy type of category it's the genre i've noticed i have a soft spot for it and i tend to take it easy on them (laughs) even when the films aren't that good i still have fun enough compared to everybody else and that's fantasy so of course like animation so what are some of your favorite animated movies yeah, so my all-time favorite is Beauty and the Beast from Disney Renaissance era, uh, followed very closely by The Lion King. They're they're definitively my top two. So obviously I was a 90s baby and <laughs> it shows with my Renaissance bias probably, but it is what it is. Um, outside of Disney particularly, I really love the work that Laika has done just in general. Uh, Kupo and the Two Strings is my favorite from them. Um, My Neighbor Totoro, I adore, and still my favorite Ghibli film to date. Um, How to Train Your Dragon, all three of them, Mm -hmm. I adore from DreamWorks. Um, So yeah, those those are kind of my faves from the big studio, Spider-Verse, Into the Spider-Verse. I was like, Mm. Sony. Uh, but yeah, Into the Spider-Verse, I also adore. All of those, I did a top 50 favorite animated films countdown recently. And of course, all of those were pretty high on the overall ranking. I don't know if I'd be able to rank, I have, I have trouble ranking things. I don't know if I'd be able to make a top 50 of my favorite things. I would always be changing it. I was like, well, I like this one better on this. Ranking day. things. It's, yeah, you, you have to rank things in the current like film YouTube space. Every Everything is a ranking. So <laughs> have to be prepared to make the tough choices out here. Uh, one day I'll get more into that. Uh, <laughs> I have some ideas of ones I could do. I just need to do them. Yeah, especially with rankings and like Disney. Thankfully, they're broken up to nice little eras. So mm-hmm. Disney's an easy one to kind of start with. It's not so easy when you're like, oh, I love all of these films. How am I going to put one of them here or there? Mm-hmm. But I mean, some of those Disney eras are a little bit easier to rank. Some of them have have a nice variation in quality where you're like, okay, this this yeah. this era I can do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Disney is probably the if I get into ranking things, that's like the main thing I want to do is rank Disney, especially specifically in within the eras. Yeah. And then someday I'll do, well, I did Pixar a few years oh, ago with somebody. <laughs> I should do that again sometime after like a few more have come out. So it's, it'll be different because yeah. it has been a few years, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's, it's hard. Cause I always feel like I've changed my mind. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm planning to do my first Pixar ranking after Soul. So I haven't ranked him before on my channel, but that was supposed to already be out. So here we go. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're talking about favorite movies. Do you watch any TV? Do you have any favorite TV shows? Uh, so I I've watched some TV. I'm like forced to kind of get back into TV right now <laughs> with the whole quarantine situation. Um, I don't have like five movies a week I'm watching and reviewing. So it opens up space for other things to do. Um, 
currently I'm watching Lovecraft Country, which is amazing, and I'm loving season one of that. So that is up there on my current list. But my all-time favorite TV show is probably The Golden Girls. I love me some Golden Girls. <laughs> uh, it would have been Game of Thrones, but then season eight happened and ruined everything. So... <laughs> That fell down quite a bit. Uh, season eight really just kind of hampered my love of the series. So. Mm. I never I saw that show. And then after I started hearing what was happening, I was like, I think I made a good decision not starting this. <laughs> I just got so invested. I don't think I've ever been like fandom like I was for Game of Thrones for TV ever except I mean I guess maybe Pokemon but that's more of just like a a universe I'm not necessarily like that level of fandom just for you know that TV series I haven't even watched full seasons of Pokemon in in mm-hmm. years so I don't <laughs> so it's not the same but it's just I, I love me some Pokemon period um but yeah I've never been like a fan of a show like that before I love Golden Girls and I do have Golden Girls like random merch but you know, I don't know. It was just something different. And for it to let me down so hard in season eight was so sad. <laughs> Do you have any favorite things in other realms like books or music or musicians? Yeah. So uh, she is related to film, but obviously I love Marilyn Monroe. Uh, <laughs> she's like the the icon I gravitate towards out of the like trinity of iconic people that are just kind of famous for being icons at this point as much as they are for their actual like work. But uh, when it comes to artists, I'm a big Britney Spears fan always have been so that's that but I also like like old school R&B and soul music is where like my main music source comes from so like I love Shaka Khan she's my like iconic singer of all time I think her voice is just amazing um I actually just reviewed the movie but I also love Selena which takes me into like my more Latin roots of who I am um Aretha Franklin Whitney Houston you know Diana Ross all of all of the legends Stevie Wonder all of the soul legends are are (laughs) high on my list (laughs) but current day I also love like Panic at the Disco and um like Sam Hunt, I adore. So he's country. I love me some country music too. I'm all over the place. <laughs> Books, I should really read more. That's my, <laughs> that's my kind of end all there. I, gosh, I, so I just ranted about Game of Thrones, but these people convinced me. So we're going to be doing like a rewatch reaction series where I'll be rewatching the entire series um, with two people who have never watched it before. So and we'll be doing like reactions and whatnot. So to kick that off and to give me like more perspective, I have never read the books yet. So I'm delving into reading the books for this series. Though I'm really torn on if I should be reading these books because George R. R. Martin refuses to finish them. So I'm just like, oh, I'm going to read these books and I'm going to be left on a cliffhanger, which is, I mean, I guess it's better than the ending that the show gave me, but <laughs> I need him to finish the freaking series and at his age and how slow he works. I don't know if that's going to So my last couple of questions that I always ask everybody is about stuff they liked in childhood. So what was your favorite 
either movie or show or cartoon or anything, whatever you really liked when you were growing up? Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I was also a little bit of a weird kid in the fact that my first, like, favorite, favorite movie that I, I really remember is The Poltergeist. Um, so my parents <laughs> my parents thought I was sleeping and I was not sleeping. And they had like, my, my grandma and my mom had rented it and they were watching it. And I was like sleeping on the couch, but not really. And I was like four years old. And I don't know why, but I just loved it and thought it was awesome. And so... <laughs> My aunt who hated horror movies hated it because I went on that phase like a lot of kids do where I just like rewatched Poltergeist. <laughs> and so I would make her watch it with me <laughs> when she babysat me. So that was like my first movie I really remember loving. But I also loved Free Willy and I went through a huge Free Willy phase as a kid. Um, a funny story with that is... I don't know if you remember, it's just ingrained in my brain, but there, the Michael Jackson song that plays over the end credits of Free Willy, mm-hmm. I would <laughs> like jump over the back of my couch, like as if I were an orca, <laughs> like to the end credits and like just, I don't know, play around. But I've always been an animal lover and that kind of spawned my love for killer whales, uh, as it were. But and then, like, the typical, like, actually early on, The Lion King was my favorite Disney film. So as a child, that was, like, my jam. It wasn't until I started growing up and rewatched that I was like, you know what? Beauty and the Beast, though. But Lion King was it when I was younger. As for TV, I was obsessed with X-Men, the animated series, pretty early on. It's still one of my favorites. And Storm is, like, my jam when it comes to superheroes. So that started early on. And I mentioned it like Pokemon. I was obsessed with Pokemon when I was a kid. Like I was part of the mania when Pokemon uh, debuted in the late 90s. And I was just the cards, the games, the TV show, the movies, all of it. I was there. You can see some Pokemon stuff still back there because I still like it. Uh, But yeah, those were like the two of my big series, like Rugrats. I also loved like every other kid my age growing up loved so I think you know every generation says it but really uh my generation the 90s kids got a pretty epic lineup when it came to like Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network I will say so yeah Mm -hmm. all of those classics I was on board (laughs) yeah they did have a pretty good lineup we didn't have cable but I remember going to my grandma's house and always turning on Nickelodeon or the Disney Channel and watching a bunch of things that I couldn't watch at home. Yes. Even the live action shows, That's So Raven, I was obsessed with Lizzie McGuire. Oh, yeah. Hillary Duff was like my it girl. Or Sarah Those McGuire. we got on Saturdays. Like, oh, okay. For at some point, ABC started airing some Disney oh. Channel sitcoms on Saturday. So that was when we got into like Lizzie McGuire and even Stevens and That's So Raven. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. That was must see TV growing up on Saturdays. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, my last question is what is the first movie you remember seeing in theaters? Oh, so, it is one I just mentioned. It was The Lion King. I was 
pretty small, but it was quite the magical experience to get to watch The Lion King as a, as a little kid going out to the theater. I think I was like, what, four years old when I, when I saw it in the theater. Um, but yeah, that, that was my first theater experience, at least to my recollection. I don't know if they took me when I was younger. I don't, I don't think so, but I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess we can move on to the main event. So I don't know if you've seen, but I have occasionally been doing a series. Like most of what I do is podcasts, but I have a YouTube channel. So once in a while I make videos and I was doing a series called Quarantine Reviews. And it was just randomly reviewing something that came out during quarantine. And I kept thinking this, I feel like this would make a good podcast. So I wanted to have like different guests and we would talk about different things that have come out during quarantine that we want to talk about or recommend. And I wanted to do one specifically about animation. So that's what we're doing today. Every choice we've made is different animated things that we've seen and liked and want to talk about. We have five choices each. So let's have you start and then I'll go and we'll just go back and forth. Okay. So this might be just considered a little bit of a cheat because technically it came out like pre-pandemic, just barely, but I'm going to kick off with what basically kicked off Disney Plus in the pandemic and talk about Onward, which was the latest from Pixar and its box office returns before the official pandemic shut theaters down was so sad (laughs) made me very Mm -hmm. sad but Mm -hmm. with all of the mania that was going on you know the the pandemic thought process and like kind of scare had already pretty much started to set in when onward had debuted and then it just Mm -hmm. kind of escalated and killed any sort of longevity but not to worry disney had a horrible release strategy where they released it to vod for rental and then the very next week released it straight to disney plus for free so i i, I don't know why they did that rental period before the free period but it was like okay, okay disney um they've, they've had some questionable release strategies through the pandemic yeah. but i really liked onward i know some others have said or felt like it was middle of the road Pixar, which I would probably agree. Uh, We talked about doing a Pixar ranking. I haven't done an official ranking yet, but I I do think it's going to end up falling somewhere in in the middle-ish, maybe even second half of the Pixar ranking. But when you have a studio that has produced over 20 films and pretty much all of them save like two are actively like good films not even just like solid they're like good films being on the second half of the ranking still means you're a good movie (laughs) and that's kind of how I feel about Onward is I think the character work was really well done and that brother bond and relationship was something special and something that I don't think we've really delved into to that degree when it comes to a Pixar film we've had siblings obviously but I, I don't remember that kind of development being given to them. I also loved the world building. And of course the animation as it always is with Pixar was stunning. It it gets to those feels, it it, it tugs at your heartstring like a good Pixar film will. And I I just thought it was super charming. So I I think Onward was a great way to start the quarantine. (laughs) 
Yeah, I would agree. I think it's kind of, for me at least, it was kind of middle of the road Pixar, but really, I don't think that Pixar has ever made a bad film. Like, I even like Cars 2. So, <laughs> middle of the road Pixar is still a good movie. I, I always say, yeah, like Pixar's worst film still falls in the top half of like a DreamWorks ranking. <laughs> like yeah. Cars 2 is still going to be pretty high if I were to put it into the DreamWorks ranking. So, you know, it's like, what are we talking about? <laughs> Bad Pixar. Yeah, no, Onward, Onward was good. I would, If somebody hasn't seen it yet, I would recommend it as well. Yeah. So my first choice, this one, I've already talked about it in one of my other quarantine reviews, but I haven't seen a whole lot of animated movies and I wanted to have at least two movies because most of mine was going to be TV otherwise. But I wanted to recommend, if somebody hasn't seen it yet, Trolls World Tour. I liked that movie kind of a lot. I don't know why. I just liked it. It was fun. Like, I didn't even really like the first Trolls movie. It was okay, but it wasn't one that I would want to rewatch. But there was something about Trolls World Tour that sucked me in, and I just had a great time. It was fun. It had good music, great characters, great animation. Like, even the first Trolls movie, the animation and the design is really unique. It's like everything is sort of felted. Like, it looks like a craft project, but it's 3D animation. I don't know. It's just really unique. And if you liked the first Trolls movie, definitely watch the second one. And even if you haven't seen the first one, or maybe if you didn't like the first one, give the second one a chance, because I didn't really care for the first one a whole lot. But something about the second one, I just really like Trolls World Tour. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, since we narrowed this down to animation, I also was going to recommend Trolls World Tour, um, because my TV knowledge is not as vast as yours. <laughs> I'm definitely limited to, to films uh, one way or another. But the Trolls World Tour, I didn't love it per se, but I appreciated the film because I think it goes a lot deeper than it's really given credit for. And then I, certainly it was much deeper than I had anticipated. Mm -hmm. The messaging behind cultural appropriation and stealing culture, <laughs> um, was I, I didn't really anticipate them going down that route. I mean, they basically give a history lesson on American music in this film. And it was, it was a shock, but a really good shock to me. So that elevated the entirety of Trolls World Tour and I wasn't anticipating them to come forward and basically talk about the consequences of stealing other people's culture uh, to, to infuse it into your own to, and to snuff it out and how that hurts everyone when we stop having our own identities. So I really enjoyed that. I, I think the original songs were fun. Like I liked the song Kelly Clarkson sang, uh, talking about being like born to die, like this really drastic moment in the country world <laughs> I thought was just really funny <laughs> um, and the character designs are a lot of fun so yeah I, I it's a bit over the top for me still um, it, it gets a little bit on that grading side for me still but it's, I, I also agree it's much better than the first Trolls I think it's a vast improvement so that was that was one I would recommend as well okay I'm gonna go into the TV territory so you may not have seen this one this is a continuation of a TV series that ended a couple years ago. 
Adventure Time Distant Lands. It's going to be like four episodes, but they're like not quite movie length, but they're like an hour long. I watched the first one yesterday. I hadn't watched it yet. And I was putting together my list and I realized that that was going to be one I was going to talk about, but then I hadn't watched it. So I needed to watch it and see if it was worth it. And yes, it is. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> this one is called BMO. It's about my favorite character. If you've ever seen the show, BMO is the little green robot, the little square. I don't know. Him. He's adorable. Um, I can't remember the name of the actress who does his voice. It's Nikki something. She has a Korean accent and it just makes the character so unique. <laughs> I don't know. It's it, He's adorable. And I love this character. And this is basically a standalone story with just him. He ends up in outer space and he gets sent to some other planet. And at first I was trying to figure out where in the timeline this ended up. And I was thinking it was going to be like thousands of years in the future because Finn and Jake were not in this. And you get an answer at the end as to where this is set. So I'm not going to spoil it, but I really liked how they went about this. And then I was reading online about different things and I realized that there was some things that I had missed. So there's like little hints about things that happened in the series and maybe where things have moved from or are going. And it's just, if you like the lore of Adventure Time, you need to get on HBO Max and watch Adventure Time Distant Lands because there's a lot more for fans who like to dig in deeper. And even if you're not, if you just like Bemo because he's adorable, then you'll like this episode too because I, I loved it. It was really fun. I would highly recommend it for Adventure Time fans. Oh, and that was HBO Max, you said? Yep, HBO Max. I think that's... It's a Cartoon Network show, but I think HBO Max is the one behind this new miniseries. So I think it's exclusively on HBO Max. Well, makes me wish I were already caught up with Adventure Time, but it is not one one of the the cultural phenoms that Mm -hmm. that I'm very knowledgeable about. So (laughs) it's at this point, you have to really want to catch up on it, because when I got into it, it was like four seasons worth and i thought that that was a chore to try and catch up on there's a lot of episodes so there's a lot of episodes if you want to watch it all like oh my gosh (laughs) but it's really fun it's a really unique show it's it's really weird and quirky and science fictiony but also fantasy and i don't know it's it's a weird funny quirky show that's very unique a lot different than most any other kids shows you would find these days i just i really like those that set themselves apart with their style or sense of humor and this does everything really well well my next pick is coming from netflix and it is the willoughby's and i thought this was such a fun film i i know it I feel like it didn't get a lot of hype. <laughs> and I don't know that a lot of people liked it as much as I did, but I really ended up enjoying this film. It's right in the line of doll classics in that same kind of style. But the animation style itself is so beautiful. It kind of harkens back to this weird 
textural 3D animation, that it's not just this generic 3D animation that we see so often. It has like these different textures. It has this 2D layover type of feel, but it's done differently than say even the Peanuts movie. So I thought the animation was really, really cool just from a visual standpoint. And then it has a lot of macabre humor, which I'm always on board with, but it definitely felt in the vein again of dog classics like James and the Giant Peach or something like that. And it's very whimsical. It's very crazy. (laughs) Uh, It just revolves around trying to like kill parents who uh, neglect their children (laughs) for their entire lives just as these horrible people. But they find enough ways to add the cork, the like charming cork, if you will, into the darkness that I had a good time with it. So I I really enjoyed the Willoughby. (laughs) Did you get to see that one? I did see that one and it was okay. I don't think I liked it as yeah. much as you. No, uh, yeah, I, I don't think a lot of people did. <laughs> yeah, I appreciated the art design and the animation was good. I don't know. I just, it felt like it wanted to be rolled doll, but it didn't quite get there for me. So, I mean, if you're a fan of that kind of thing, I would definitely say go for it. But it just wasn't my cup of tea, I guess. Fair enough. My third choice... This one is going to be kind of a wild card. Normally I try and do like mostly family friendly stuff, but this one kept coming back to my head. It's not family friendly. This is an adult cartoon, but not adult in that there's a lot of language and nudity or whatever. It's just violent. It's called Primal. It's by Gendy Tartakovsky. I don't know if you've seen this. It actually aired last year, but it's coming back. I, I don't know if it's coming straight to HBO Max or if they're airing it on Cartoon Network or not, but there's more episodes coming out either this week or next, very soon. So even though the ones that I've seen technically aired last year, I wanted to include it because I was reminded of this show and it's just really good. And it's definitely not something that's normally my cup of tea. I'm not a huge fan of like violent animation adult animation stuff like normally i'd go for the more family friendly stuff but there's something about this show that i don't know it just sucks me in there's no dialogue it's about a caveman and a dinosaur who team up after their both of their families are killed so they're both left alone and then they have to team up to survive and it is pretty graphic sometimes it's very violent but the animation and the backgrounds and the designs are just so gorgeous that something about the show just makes me forgive what I normally wouldn't like about it. Like, I, I kind of have to cringe and look away if it gets too gross sometimes because there are some there is some gross imagery with some of the creatures that are in the show. But overall, there's just something about this show that kept bringing me back and made me forgive all of the things that I normally wouldn't like about it. I just... <laughs> I mean, if you can tolerate violence in animation and some, I guess, horror aspects, because there's some of that too, then I would recommend this. But if you're, if you like more family-friendly animation, probably steer clear from this one. But I don't know. There was just something about this one that just kept coming back to my head. And I was like, I have to talk about this because there's no, there's no other time that I'm going to be able to talk about this because I'm not going to do like a full-on 
video about this. I'm probably not going to do a podcast on it. I just wanted to mention it because I just really like the show for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> Sounds interesting enough. <laughs> I never heard of it. So it's yeah, it, something it there. There's a whole lot of press, I don't think. It aired for like a week last October, I think. The, the, and the episodes are very short. They're like 10 minutes each. And there's only like 10 episodes per season. Oh. But it's so it's so worth it. Like I, te- I, I think that this should have been a movie. I think that they should have just combined all the episodes together and released it as a movie. And I think it would have probably been like maybe even Oscar worthy because the animation is just so good. It's it's sometimes like I said, it's sometimes hard to watch if you don't like gore and violence and stuff, which technically I don't. But the rest of it was good enough that I was able to forgive that about it. Oh. I don't mind gore and violence, as we kind of talked about. You might like this. So, there you go. (laughs) Yeah, I I really liked it. And for people who like the show Samurai Jack, it's Gendy Tartakovsky. So, it's that kind of style. He also did the Star Wars Clone Wars, Mm -hmm. which the the original, the the Uh, Cartoon Network stylized animation series. That, That was... I get, it felt like kind of like the testing ground for what he wanted to do with Primal. Okay. It's that same kind of style and animation, but just ramped up, I guess. Oh. <laughs> yeah, if you have HBO Max, I would check it out. All right. Well, I'm heading back to Disney Plus for my fourth recommendation. And I'm going with a Pixar Spark short animated film that they released uh, during this quarantine called Out. And it was finally uh, something that Disney just head on released that was LGBTQ plus um, and not just kind of like, oh, yeah, we we kind of put this in our film, but we're going to make a big deal about it before beforehand uh to get to get the brownie points before we've done the footwork um so maybe that's why i appreciated it a little bit more was that disney just put it out there vitally onto their platform but it was a really really endearing and sweet story it's uh like eight or nine minutes i believe about this man who is living with his boyfriend and his parents are coming over to help him move And so he tries to hide all the signs that he's living with a man and he's gay. But in the process, he magically swaps bodies with his dog. Uh, (laughs) So (laughs) the, the human version is running around acting like a dog while he and his dog's body is trying to like prevent the parents from figuring things out. Of course, ultimately, it leads to a scenario where his mom kind of gives a heartfelt speech and makes him, as the dog, realize that maybe he he can do this and feel comfortable and still be loved by his parents. But it's a really inventive, fun way to do a coming out story, which is kind of a crazy instance in a lot of LGBTQ people's lives. And I just think it was really a, an interesting way to go about it. They add in these fantastical elements like this guardian dog and cat who ride in on a rainbow uh, 
and they're the ones who kind of put the magic in to let this all happen but it, it's really sweet it, it also again like a lot of pixar shorts do yes i'm looking at you kit bull from last year um it really tugs at like your your heartstrings by the end but it's really it's just it was really sweet and touching so i loved it and would like to see it get you know recognition whether by audience recognition and watching it or maybe especially since this is looking to be quite the thinned out year hopefully with an oscar nomination for animated short this year i didn't even think about that yeah because they they did say that they were gonna start allowing streaming stuff for oscars didn't they just at least just this year and i think i think the short films you you can get away with streaming because like again i don't think kitbull got uh, yeah. released anywhere and it, it got nominated last year so no most of the short films that get released i'm like how am i even supposed to watch this yeah <laughs> i know i just go to i i can never make like strong cases on i want this to be nominated it's more of oh okay let me go to the showcase uh <laughs> let me head out to the the oscar short showcase to watch them <laughs> mm-hmm. But Pixar, they might just dominate because since they started this like Pixar Spark shorts on Disney Plus, mm-hmm. I mean, they're releasing a lot of animated short films, a lot more than, you know, anybody else. So I'm like, oh, they might just be the whole category this year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think they have like seven shorts yeah. now. Yeah, it's quite a bit. Because I did, I did a podcast with Rachel when they released the first three and then they released <laughs> the second three and I did another podcast. But then Out came out by itself. So I haven't covered that. So now you're talking about it. So now we're covering that as well. (laughs) Have you watched it or? Yes. My thing was, I want to know what the deal with that dog and cat was. I want like a backstory telling where they came from. (laughs) Like, are they aliens or what? I mean, it threw me for a loop because I was (laughs) anticipating this to be a little bit more like in realism. So when uh-huh. we open up with this like dog and cat coming down on this like rainbow, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. That music, that like music that plays. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. Uh, okay. Yeah, they're like the gay fairy god pets, I guess. <laughs> I actually thought going into the short that it was about like this guy who like practices, who like comes out to his dog in anticipation, I think, to like work up. Um, so I was also quite shocked because I was like, oh no, he swaps bodies with this dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there you go. I don't know what I was expecting, but I wasn't expecting magical dog and cats from the sky. Yeah. <laughs> It was, it was quite a, a loop yeah. for a loop right off the bat. <laughs> okay, well, my fourth pick is the last season of a TV series. The last season is what came out during quarantine. And I almost did an episode just talking about this by myself, but I kind of ran out of time. I've had too much other stuff, so I never went back to it. But Star Wars, The Clone Wars, the newer, like I was talking about Andy Tartakovsky, yeah. but this is the newer one, the 3D series. Disney Plus renewed the series like it was canceled years ago on a horrible cliffhanger. I mean, <laughs> technically it wasn't a cl- it was sort of a cliffhanger and sort of not a cliffhanger. It was an, an ending of sorts, but I was still upset that it was canceled. So when Disney Plus was announced and they said that they were bringing it back for one last season to give it a proper ending, I was 
thrilled to say the least because I love Star Wars The Clone Wars. Like, I'm a huge Star Wars fan, but I would choose to watch Star Wars The Clone Wars over probably any of the movies. I I love it that much because the depth of the storytelling that they can go into and the they can go deeper into stories than you can with the movies because they can stretch it out over long periods of time because there'll be like series arcs like they'll have a bunch of episodes that'll be just one story that would be like at least a movie's length if not more and it just there's so many good quality stories that they're trying to tell through this series that I wish that the Clone War would last longer <laughs> so that we could have more stories. Yeah. But I think they're going to try and use that format in the future and tell other stories because they have like really good writers on this and they're being put into other projects. So I'm, I'm glad that we got a final season for Star Wars Clone Wars and I'm really excited to see where we go in the future. I know I'm such a bad Star Wars fan, and I'm thinking that this might be one of my upcoming reaction series. Um, like currently, I'm reacting to Lovecraft Country as I watch it, and I'm probably going to do um, Mandalorian coming up. And I'm I think this this and the boys I think are like the next two that I want to react to because I, I did watch the Clone Wars early on. Like I watched that 2D one that you had mentioned Mm -hmm. earlier when it was on. I remember watching that and I'm pretty positive. I watched Clone Wars early on and then I I just, I don't know what happened. I'm so bad with TV series. (laughs) Um, But I mean, it just, I mean, it looks so good from everything I ever see. And Mm -hmm. anybody who's ever watched it has literally nothing but the highest of praise for Clone Wars. Mm So as a Star Wars fan, I don't I don't know what I'm doing with my life. Um, I I need I need to watch it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. No, it's it's probably my favorite piece of Star Wars media. I just I love it. It's so good. I have and it did have a really good before. ending. It, I was kind of worried where they were going to take the ending, but they they ended it in a way that I was satisfied with. So. Well, that's also a relief because I was quite scorned after being torched uh, with Game of Thrones. That, that was another reason I was like, oh, do I really want to invest like nine, ten years of my life into something like this ever again? Yeah, <laughs> to be I scorched hate it by the ending? <laughs> or but, sometimes uh, you just get no ending. I hate course, it when that yes. happens too. Oh my gosh. Fall in love yeah. with the show and then they kill it. Uh, like, no, we're good. It's canceled. <laughs> yeah. All right, so my last one is going to be a suggestion that isn't really out yet. Uh, It's just kind of made a couple of different film festivals so far, which is how I was able to see it at the Toronto International Film Festival where it debuted. And then it was just at the London Film Festival this past week or so. And I don't actually know the proper release date for this film yet. I just know that it's coming to Apple Plus. So... If you have Apple Plus as a streaming service, it will be there uh, by the end of the year for sure. I'm just not sure that they've locked down a date that I've heard. But my final um, recommendation is Wolfwalkers, which is the latest film from Cartoon Saloon, which made The Secret of Cows as well as Song of the Sea and Breadwinner, which is the only non celtic of the <laughs> of the bunch and this is like the spiritual cap of that celtic trilogy 
I personally love those other three films. Secret of Kells is just delightful. Song of the Sea is beautiful. And then Breadwinner was also really wonderful. And what I love about them as a whole is just this view into other cultures. Again, Mm -hmm. three of the four are from a Celtic background. But then you get something like Breadwinner, which is such a departure and a part of the world we never really get to see animation in other than like the made up world of Aladdin. Uh, This is actually rooted in, you know, where we live here and touches on deeper issues. Uh, Mm -hmm. So Wolfwalkers takes this and gives us this story of this young girl who idolizes her father, who is actually a wolf hunter. And one day she goes into the forest with him, uh, unbeknownst to him, she follows behind and she encounters what's known as a wolf walker, which is this little girl who is able to transform back and forth basically. When she falls asleep as a human, she lets out her wolf spirit, if you will. Um, her human body's still there, so she doesn't literally transform. But um, she she's able to walk as a wolf. And it's really just, once again, beautifully animated. And Secret of Cows and Song of the Sea were both stunning in their animation. And I would say Wolf Walkers may even take it to that next level. You are given this gorgeous 2D animation that brings that culture to life in such a stunning way. And even through stuff like the music and the original score, it gives hints of Celtic culture without giving you some type of like stereotypical sounding backdrop to the whole film. Um, Sean Bean is in this film as the dad and it has a really touching story between these two girls as they get to know one another. Obviously it has to do with kind of environmentalism as well, which is always a always a subject that gets me on board early, but this is able to then keep me on board and elevate the material. So if this is not the most inventive of their films, I would say maybe it's the safest in terms of plot, but it just executes everything it does so well that I was completely enamored. And it's one of my favorite movies, period, of 2020 so far. So hmm. when it does get a release date, definitely everybody make sure you check it out yeah i've been watching for that one i probably will get like a month of apple tv plus just because i want (laughs) to see that movie like i have no other reason to get apple tv i I don't think it has anything else that i'm interested in but i really want to see that movie so i probably will get it just for that it would be nice if there was some other way to get it but i can deal with getting a streaming service for one month just so i can see a movie but yeah, I have been looking forward to that. Yeah, I think it's supposed to get like a small theatric release. I just, you know, right now, mm-hmm. who knows how any of that is going to happen. And I know it intended to have a theatric release, so it qualifies for the Oscar regardless. So they might just go mm-hmm. the Apple TV route. But yes, um, I'm also in that boat. I just heard that the Tom Holland Russo Brothers movie Cherry is going to Apple Plus. And I'm like, uh, okay, I guess I'll be using a, see if I can get me a free free trial <laughs> to hop on and watch Cherry and then get on out of there. I'll yeah. probably rewatch Wolfwalkers while, while I have the subscription yeah. for my trial. <laughs> 
but I'm so glad you've heard of it. I think it's starting to gain a little bit of traction right now amongst the festival circuit. So mm-hmm. um, I hope it. I hope it's able to do well because I, I also just love seeing hand-drawn animated films mm-hmm. continue to come out and the only way they're going to keep continuing to come out is through our support and most of them mm-hmm. are so delightful and this i like seeing small studios win too so there you go yeah no cartoon saloon i haven't seen secret of kells but i've seen their other two movies and they're really good i need to watch oh, yeah. secret of kells as well but yeah i i love their animation style and the the stories that they tell it's just so unique yeah. They're really great. Yeah. Unlike anything we get from a U.S.-based uh, animation studio, really. Yeah. Nobody in the U.S. is doing anything like them. No. <laughs> I wish they were, but yeah. they're not. Okay. My final pick. I don't know if you'll have seen this one or not because it's another one based on a TV show, but it is a movie. This one is Phineas and Ferb the movie, Candace <laughs> Against the Universe. I thought that's what you were going to say when you said based on a TV show. <laughs> yeah, this, it's a full-length movie, but it is based on a TV show. This Phineas and Ferb ended years ago, mm-hmm. but it still has such a huge fan base. Like People are meme it all the time. The characters still show up in Disney Channel promos. For some reason, there's something about the show that has really held on to the public consciousness, I guess. I mean... It is a good show. I I loved the show. So I guess that's probably why. I, I've noticed that too, is that people seem to have really just identified with maybe or latched on to these characters and the show. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've, again, shocker, I, I've never watched Phineas. I think I watched one episode because Shaka Khan was a guest voice on Phineas <laughs> and Ferb one time. So I watched her episode, but it wasn't one that I, I saw. I, maybe also because just by the outside looking in, it looked skewed toward a much younger audience um, once it was really popular. And I thought maybe I was too cool for school. I don't know. But um, yeah, I've, I've noticed though that it, it really has people connected to it and mm-hmm. still to this day. Well, the style of humor in the show is such that it is layered for multiple audiences. So I, like you said, on its face, it does look like it skews younger. But there's very adult humor, not in like adult as in like dirty humor, but like stuff that only adults are going to understand. Like the, the characters of Dr. Doofenshmirtz and Perry the Platypus, kids are going to like them because it's a platypus fighting crime against this evil mad scientist. But the wordplay between, between them, mostly from Dr. Doofenshmirtz because Perry doesn't speak, but the wordplay from them that also in the songs just... It, it's for adults like kids are going to watch this everything is going to go over their heads except for the slapstick comedy stuff and maybe they'll get some of the stuff that skews a little younger but like it's it's so layered there that's probably another reason why it has hung on to the spotlight so long is because people of all ages can watch this and get something different out of it it's like the animaniacs like i watched the animaniacs when i was younger i love the animaniacs I watch it again when I'm older. I'm like, this is like a whole new show because I'm getting so many more <laughs> yeah. jokes that just went over my head when I was a kid. Yeah. It's it's just, it's a different style of humor than Animaniacs, but it's that's in the same writing way. Like they've written it so that kids will be laughing at one thing while adults are laughing at something completely different. It's really creative and really fun. But anyways, 
Candace Against the Universe picks up, I guess, after the events of the show. And in the show, Candace is their older sister. Phineas Ferber, the main characters, and Candace is always trying to bust her brothers. So she thinks that her brothers are up to no good all the time, and she wants to tattle on them to their mother. And by the end of every episode, whatever the kids have been working on somehow is magicked away. <laughs> like something happens and all evidence that they have ever been creating some ridiculous contraption is gone. Like in one episode, they built a full-size roller coaster that went all over town. And because of the way the show is set up with them doing their thing and then Perry the Platypus fighting Dr. Doofenshmirtz, usually something that he's working on as an evil scientist is responsible for their invention or whatever being zapped or disappeared or whatever. So that always happens. But in this movie, it is setting up something like that, except she thinks that this alien spaceship is something that her brothers have been doing because it's like, it really is something that they would be doing because they're always building something ridiculous. But she ends up getting abducted by aliens along with the daughter of Dr. Doofenshmirtz. So the mad scientists and the boys have to team up. I don't think they've ever met in the show before. It's two completely separate storylines that just happen to be in the same town. And I don't think they've ever crossed paths before, but they end up teaming up in this movie because they have to go to space and rescue their sister and his daughter. And complicating this is the fact that Perry the Platypus, he is, in the series, he's like a secret agent. And he is owned as a platypus by Phineas and Ferb. He's their pet. They don't know that he's a secret agent. But for some reason, this agency tells him that, well, he has to keep his identity as an agent secret from his owners. He also has to keep his identity as a pet secret from Dr. Doofenshmirtz. So he's like trying to follow them to space, but and not showing himself to either group and helping them out. To, it's, it's very convoluted and ridiculous and hilarious. And if you're a fan of the show, the, you have to see this movie. It is so funny. I laughed the entire way through. They have not lost their magic. I was kind of worried that having them gone from, for so long, it was going to kind of dull down the humor and make it be like a cash grab. Like they're making this just because they want something for the streaming service. But no, they they actually put a lot of work into it. It's hilarious. It's a very fitting follow-up to the series. I, I loved it. I highly recommend Candace Against the Universe. Yeah, it's another one. Again, I haven't seen because, you know, I feel like I'm a little late to the party. But I've heard nothing but positive stuff from everyone who has seen it. Everyone mm-hmm. just loved it. So I think that's a pretty good sign. Yeah, and I feel like with other shows, like if you wanted to watch Star Wars Clone Wars, you should start at the beginning and watch through the end. Adventure Time, you, that one's a little trickier because at the beginning of the series, it was just completely random. Like n- there was no continuity. But then a couple seasons in, they started sprinkling in some intriguing backstories for characters and then by the end of the series it's like full-on episodic you need to be watching every episode but Phineas and Ferb just watch a few from each season and you'll get enough of a flavor that I think you could watch the movie and 
be totally fine because it is episodic and sometimes they have callbacks to older episodes but for the most part they have a formula that they follow and the continuity is there but it's not super important so i think phineas and ferb is something that you could get into just as a casual viewer it's not something you need to like sit down and be strict watching all the episodes in order <laughs> i think you could pick and choose it's it's oh, okay. popcorn viewing just watch it as a as a yeah. appetizer or whatever it's just <laughs> fun cartoons that's that's what it is yeah <laughs> okay well i think that's all we've got for this episode i think um, we covered almost every animated thing that came out in quarantine <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, there's, there have been a few other things that weren't that great that I figured I didn't want to talk about. So I think we've covered all the good things. <laughs> I did one have one other pick, but I put it in. I've already done one of these quarantine reviews with somebody else. Okay. And I put one animated pick in there. And I, so I didn't cross that over. But okay. if you have Disney Plus, check out Zenimation. That's just throwing that in there. If you haven't seen it, it's well worth watching. But other than that, I think we've picked out all the good stuff that have been released. <laughs> I'm just proud we could even come up with this list that they've they've done enough animated things in this mm-hmm. last half year or so that we could each have five things and only one cross over between our two lists. Who would have yeah. thought it would be Charles World Tour? But you know, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I tried to pick more toward the TV end of things yeah. because I knew you were going to pick more movie stuff. So, yeah, I I think we've got a good list, and I think people who are looking for more animation to watch this year will have a lot to choose from. It's- I have to say, I think I've enjoyed pretty much all the animation, because I also enjoyed Scoob well enough. It's not, like, great by any means, and I have my problems with it, but I thought it was cute enough. So most of my, like, well, really, the only terrible animated thing I feel like I've seen is, like, Pokemon Um Mewtwo, the, the the remake they did on Netflix, which was just horrible and the worst <laughs> animated thing I've seen this year. But that was pre-COVID, so we were safe there. But then they also did like Farmageddon, which if that had oh, been yeah. in this time frame, for sure would have made my list. But yeah, I feel yeah. like it's been a, a pretty solid year for things that I've watched that are animated. We haven't had, obviously, too many film films that mm-hmm. have come out, but uh, off the top of my head, that's the only, like, outright clunker I can really even think of when it comes to animation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, all things considered, no. I'm glad we've gotten what we've gotten, because yeah. so many things have been delayed. There have been so many things that aren't coming out till next year now that when you at, at first thought the landscape for animation is kind of barren but once i sat down i realized there's there is stuff out there you just kind of have to look a little harder to find it so hopefully we've helped somebody find something to watch and at least although i wish it were on my personal opinion wish it were just being delayed so it could get put into an actual proper theatric release we still do have soul to look forward to as mm. a christmas present to the world from disney yeah. on disney plus that is kind of a mixed bag because i really wanted yeah. to see that in a theater but 
I am glad that we're going to be able to watch it at Christmas. So yeah. it's kind of like... Uh, and we don't have to worry about the $30 surcharge uh, yeah. drama either. <laughs> I wonder how that did for them. They haven't talked about about how I'm it assuming was. not good. Like, especially yeah. since Soul has no surcharge, like just mm-hmm. zero. I can't. And they delayed Black Widow. Um, I think if, if Mulan had done well enough, I think they would definitely be pushing for that a little bit harder. Yeah, that's but... kind of what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, thankfully I've seen reviews because the last time they just dumped something to streaming was Artemis Fowl and that was indeed foul. So <laughs> I'm, I, I, I'm glad that at least I, I have more faith in Pixar than I do with what we saw at the beginning of summer with that mess. But <laughs> Yeah, I, I still haven't watched it. I read the book. Oof. And I was looking forward to it. And then the reviews started coming out. And it was like they changed <laughs> the whole story. Everything. They changed the entire character of Artemis Fowl. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I was disappointed enough. And I heard like book fans were really just like, what in the world? <laughs> what is yeah. this? From what I've heard, the, to... the character is completely different. Like in yeah. the book, he's a straight up villain. And apparently he's not a villain at all in the movie. He, he's not at all a villain in the movie. He's kind of a bratty kid to start out with. And that's as far as we go into villain territory. Yeah. So I haven't made time to watch that yet. It's not animation, but also not worth a recommendation regardless. No. So you can you can steer clear from that on family entertainment right now. We just gave you 10 choices to watch instead. Yes. 10 much better choices. Okay, well, I guess that'll be all for today. Do you want to let people know where they can find you if they want more from you? Yes, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, as well as YouTube, all at LC Screen Talk. And as I said, I did do a top 50 favorite animated films of all time series. Just, I think it was like two months ago. Um, I also had Jonathan over on the channel to mm-hmm. discuss and figure out our favorite Disney song of all time. So there's plenty of animation content that has been put out. Plus my review of Wolfwalkers is also live. So as that comes okay well i will have links to your social media in the description and i'll probably link the video that i was in as well so people can find that if they want to (laughs) well thanks for joining me we might have to have you back for another episode someday if we can figure out something else to talk about I said anything TV might unless it's retro unless we're talking like 90s TV shows I'm a little bit handicapped on anything modern day television so any anything film related though I am I am ready I've done most of my homework I know Mm -hmm. I know the films (laughs) well I know I want to get into more animation stuff so I'll probably find something that we can talk about all right (laughs) well thank you so much again for having me on to talk about animation and just to talk in general yep well i guess we will see you another time then all right thanks again to larry for joining me for this episode i'll have his links in the description below as well as the link to the video i did with him and several other youtubers and podcasters ranking the best disney songs ever in a march madness style bracket that was a lot of fun so make sure to check it out 
This month being December means that we're going to be getting into a bunch of Christmas content soon, so make sure to come back soon as we kick off the season. Over on every version ever, we're going to be looking at different versions of A Christmas Carol, and I may share the brand new episode over here when I get that one edited. On the next episode of I Heart Movies, I'm going to be joined by Ashley, the movie oracle. We recorded an episode for Christmas, but we also just chatted about movies for a really long time. So I think before we get to the Christmas stuff, there's just going to be a standalone Q&A podcast with Ashley. So stay tuned, Christmas episodes are coming soon, and we'll see you next time on I Heart Movies. Thanks for listening. Thank you.